Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the, the Podcast. Podcast, featuring special guest, singer, and songwriter, Semler. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the best episode of Pride, the podcast that you have yet to hear ever. My name is is Brayden Bradley. She is back by popular demand. It is so good to be back. Thank you, Rehab Entertainment and DNR Studios, for letting me come back to Gracie with my beautiful voice. Oh, God. Her head is huge right now. so big. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Ashley Mitchell. And I'm still Darrell Anthony. And I'm your boy, Adam Andrew Rio. Not your, your boy. boy. Boxed wine poppy. In the house. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. How much did you miss me? A little bit. A little bit. Not no, a lot. I mean, Lindsay was girls. great. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, Lindsay did kill it. Lindsay did kill it. My mom, um, she was like, Lindsay's doing really well. She's like, bye, Miss Brayden. I Duh. Like, Whatever. I have so many DMs and fan mail Nobody and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all, Somebody y'all, left you a y'all. voicemail here on the, the Pride of the Podcast line. Let's hear it. It just say, <clears throat> Mr. Brayden Bradley, get <laughs> fucked. Yeah. And that's what it says. Was it Lawrence Chan? Lawrence Oh, it's so, so how good was your to trip? No. And it what was, did you go and what did you do? Okay, so this is what I did. Um, my mentor has a house on a private island. Mentor. <laughs> mentor. A private mm-hmm. island in Florida Keys. <laughs> um, so I just went and escaped for a few days. I took my laptop literally on the beach with my hotspot <sighs> and doing my work and my Zoom calls and everything right from the beach. Um, but I was very safe because his father and mother are elderly, so... They're Aww. at high risk and they haven't been vaccinated yet. Um, oh, yeah, I got the vaccine. And Yeah, you're a J&J girl, right? I'm a J&J yeah. girl. So you're one and done. One shot only. Okay. My mama, too. My I'm mama so got Johnson jealous. Johnson. That's good. Okay, That's well, good. we got the shot, but just the first one. I'm just a Pfizer. I'm a Pfizer bitch. I'm a Pfizer. What, um, have y'all seen whatever that thing is on Instagram where the, like the Real Housewives taglines of the vaccines? No. It's like, no. I may be 70% effective, but I'm 100% that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they say, Say, unlike the P in my name, I'm anything but silent. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And then I forget what Moderna said. Um, anyway, it's so good to be back. Um, I had a nice little break, um, but I miss you guys. But yeah. shout out to Lindsay for taking over the seat. Yes, nice Lindsay Rose. Job. You can find her at Lynn's Rose Sings, L I N D S R O S E S I N G S. And we have her publicist hey, on man. the podcast. Yeah, well. she's trying to promote, do big. Promote, promote. Hey, look, she's trying to do big things, and okay. I'm trying to ride them coattails. So. <laughs> I'm riding anybody's Adam's coattails. Whoever make it first, right? I hate Whoever makes when it we first, say that we're get ready. Coattails. I'm gonna be like I'm a skin tag, just right there. I'm gonna burn that shit right off. Adam, there are other. Can't you freeze those things off? I'm burning my There are other similes out there that you could use besides a skin tag. Well, I yeah. did. I said what I said. Yeah, what, what you, you said, said was, was some bullshit. bullshit. And I ain't changing on it. 
<laughs> you got the first ding. The, the, okay, what's going on in the world? What have I missed since I've been gone? Well, Sorry, a, lot, a, lot, a lot has happened. What do we want to talk about first? J-Lo and her mm-hmm. divorce. Oh, yeah. okay, divorce. First of all, they got back together. They got okay, back together. Never, so never mind. They're, they're, that they're, is messy. They're, that they're should have never even been leaked. So it, it, well, it was they leaked. should never have. It was together. leaked a long, it long time long, ago yeah. on the Southern Charm reunion. Mm-hmm. This has been an ongoing thing for the past at least three months. Madison, Arod's trash. Sure, yeah, but he's trash. Madison, here's the thing. I think that someone had wrote on Twitter actually, and they said, "Oh my God!" And they named all the men that J Lo has been with, and they said. Ain't that a problem? And they said, hold on, let's name all the women A-Rod. Hello, Madonna. Madonna. And it's just like, at the end of the day, I actually actually like J-Rod. A-Rod. Well, I'm going to call him J-Rod because it's their new name. Smush them together. It's not that hard to say J. she's too good for him. She's too good for him. I I like them together. I mean, she seemed really happy. And listen, clearly something worked because she got back with him and she said, let's work this out. And it was, I feel like they had a public fight and someone leaked something they were not supposed to. No, she knew when she was singing at the inauguration that he was cheating on her. That's why she said, let's get loud. Because she was was mad as hell. <laughs> she was mad as hell. Listen, I don't know. If that's I don't why know. She, she said just it. needs to pull like a, a Beyonce and just let's try and work this shit out. Speaking of Beyonce, mm-hmm. wow, she made her three. Wow. wow, she did. Can you believe the that? most Grammys won by one person by ever. a singer? I think it's twenty seven by a singer. 20, yeah, twenty seven. It is. Oh, I, I think yeah. It was, yeah. Um, oh, it was twenty six and then twenty seven. Because twenty six was when he announced it, and twenty seven she won the one by like herself. she. Yeah, like she's like yeah. yeah. But she's tied with. Um, no, she was. She tied. was tied at twenty six. No, she's tied for the best Grammy or the most Grammy winner ever. But she's the most Grammy winning women woman singer. Does that make sense? Oh, I had, okay. I couldn't understand myself, so I had to dive in <laughs> to see what was going on. Um, me and Adam, Regardless, Ray. Me and Adam watched it together. I was like, wait, they just contradicted themselves. But they didn't because right. let me look him at what his, well, get the producer. In uh-huh. well, well, I will say this. People are going to put some respect on Beyonce's name because a lot of times mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people saying, she ain't shit. She can't do this. She can't do that. And listen, we oh, all people, know I heard, Beyonce does yeah. struggle in her acting. But hey, no one says she was an actress. No, no, but said no that. one said but, you can have it all. But also, I mean, but you can. She's rich. So honestly, she, that's not at all, though. She can't act. Well, she can't act, but she's like, I can still do movies even though I can't act. Yeah. And we're all going to watch them anyway. So. Yeah, it's going to be So great. George Salty holds 30 wines. He was like an orchestra conductor. Mm-hmm. And then Obviously, Quincy Jones. Don't forget about him. He has 28. Um, But you know what? So I I go back and forth with Beyonce. And I think it might be a jealousy thing, to be honest with you. For what? (laughs) (laughs) No, because. To debate. No, no, nothing, clearly. Um, But I'm just like. You're jealous of her? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. I should be having that many Grammys. I mean, I mean, I guess. <laughs> like, like, I would think on a family. I would guy. think John Mayer. Maybe you're jealous. John Mayer, John Mayer, that's floor. Oh, I love John Mayer. I you probably slept music, with him. But you slept with him. I said you probably slept oh. with him. Nah, that could be more. And true. I might have to. I don't that, know. that sounds about right up my ass. I mean, Ali. Uh, Megan the Stallion. Yes, Megan the Stallion. She looked orange. amazing. Yeah, she got a she powerful looks, kitty her cat. skin color for orange is or Clementine or whatever you want to call it. Um, she looks gorgeous. Phenomenal. She's, she's like yeah. dripping she with like great. elegance. And it was great.
brave that she had she got to stand next to someone that she's seen as a hero because honestly she wasn't lying because if you go back and look at Megan back when she wasn't the stallion uh, you will see how much she loved and it was like a girl from Houston who also loved Beyonce and was like one day I'm gonna work with Beyonce we're both from Houston we can both be big and like that's a real thing <laughs> yeah. and like she was very happy to be on stage with Beyonce and have that moment with her and mm-hmm. I'm just really happy for, for Megan I mean I know some people feel that um, it was a duo or something that they said should have got. They, they said another artist should have won. No, um, which one? People, the, she won a few Grammys. She won a few Grammys. She won three, I think. Uh, it was um, Megan's um, new artist. I oh, guess it was. new artist of the year. Someone was saying that someone else should have won that. I was like, so, oh, Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Cat. Doja yeah. Cat. That's what it was. And Doja so, Cat didn't win nothing. Didn't I win know, nothing. I nothing, bitch. Bad. I, I thought bad. she could have given her at least one. Yeah, a lot of people, and of course, as you know, there was also a lot of debate about Taylor oh. Swift winning. Again. Well, the Grammys can get fucked, okay? Yeah, the Grammys yeah. are trash. So but they're, they're, hold on, but let me speak on my girl go Taylor. Ahead, the floor she, is yours. This is her third consecutive uh, Oscar Grammy for Album of the Year. We're going to put a little respect on that. Tell us. Listen, Tell us. she won three years in a row, Best Album of the Year. And I think that's. And has, do you that think that that's? Do you think even that that's, the, uh, the Grammys are trash? That's because of talent, or do you think that's because of politics? I think it's politics and uh, like the way that like the because ra- her a lot of her music is for the radio, and right. I feel like. <laughs> you actually, know are you okay over there? She has been sneezing up a storm. Are you <laughs> sure you're vaccinated? Happening. I am. Okay. Well, one shot. Oh shit! Oh bitch! <laughs> <laughs> so the other half of her might have a little something. something. I don't oh know. no! No, I Maybe agree. I'm allergic to something. I don't know. Dust? Maybe, Maybe. the vaccine. I, I took it Thursday, last Thursday. Well, it took me about five days to actually feel the residual. Effect. My mom mm-hmm. felt it immediately, and then she was also just driving herself crazy. She was because she was like, "Oh, is there any side effects?" And I told her beforehand, and she, I shouldn't even told her the side effects. She said, "Oh, I think I'm feeling that no. right now." I said, "You ain't feeling shit." No. I said, "Go lay down." Well, I also was like, "Am I feeling side effects, or am I hungover, or?" Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because the next day, I know my arm was hurting. That had nothing oh, to do with a side effect, but so also. Much. But also, but I, mean, I, I was hungover, <laughs> and there's that. And the, and the doctor, and the lady who gave the shot, did say it is best for you not to drink right after because the next day you always. Bitch, are sore I was and- drunk while I got the shot. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Because I left y'all's place and then went to the Javits Center at Thank two you. o'clock in the morning and just got my little shot, drunk and all. Thank God. Thank God. But I was very emotional, and I walked all the way back to my apartment while listening to Selah. Speaking of Christian artists, oh my goodness, we have a Christian um, artist. Am I not supposed to announce it yet? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go no. ahead. I, was, we, we, I thought we had some more hot topics. We were going. Oh, no, we, we have so back, many. We but have, just introduce her. No, our, we have yeah. so many hot topics, but this was just topical because I was listening to Selah as I was, you know, having the vaccine set into my body. And I thought it was just so <laughs> spiritual and um, beautiful. And I was tearing up then. And um, I teared up, too, listening to our next guest EP. So I'm so ex- excited to, in a little bit, chat with Semler. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we I can go know, to I know. I want to know. I want to talk to her about uh, like the Pope mm. and how she feels about that because you know that's some bullshit what he pulled. But yeah, I think it is too. I mean, it's really hard right now because people are looking to religion and using it as a scapegoat um, to dislike you know LGBTQ community, women sometimes, people of color. They're like trying to look to that. So 
I think his messaging was very dangerous, but I agree with you. I'm very excited to see what her thoughts might be on it mm-hmm. because it's just like, it's kind of scary because we know that right now people are looking into cults and things like that. Um, I'll, I'll speak, I just watched this amazing documentary on Netflix about a cult. It's called Wild Wild Country or something like that, but it's mm-hmm. about the Roshnish. Mm. Tribe, do y'all remember those from the eighties, the Roshnish tribe? No. no. Anyway, they were like um, a tribe from India that their religion and their spirituality teachings like caught like wildfire. Anyway, they came to the U.S. and set up shop in Oregon and bought like a ton of acres. Anyway, they basically built a commune from scratch, but their belief and teachings was very that much of the idea of Christianity and Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism, like all of the religions um, melted together, which is the most beautiful religion ever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, a lot of government politics got involved. Anyway, I highly recommend it. You should watch it. It's like six. Did the government try to shut it down? Oh, they shut it down hard. Yeah, because it didn't didn't align with their Christian ideals. They shut it down hard because there's also like tax benefits that you get if you're a religion. But then there was also controversy because we have the more and they built Salt Lake City, and then we have a few other religions, I'm sure, that are out there. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I started watching the doc on Netflix about killing a Mormon, or what was it called? Have you all heard of it? The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Uh, yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, now I saw it. It was really good. It was really good. <clears throat> no, it was like, um, <clears throat> I, I didn't finish it. It was like killing a Mormon. Oh, it was that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that those documents are very interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of religious docu- uh, documentaries and everything that was also up for um, Oscars this year. So what do you guys think about all the Oscar nominees that have came out? So I am currently watching all of them. I've seen a lot of them. Oh, good. Um, I, we watched Promising Young Woman. Where That's I was all last I've seen. Year. <laughs> I well, I also live alone now, so <laughs> just he needs friends. Yeah, instead of contemplating life, I watch Oscar-nominated films, and I'm not as impressed as I have been in years past. But yeah. you also have to give With the, the respect. But but here's what I have. What I would say to that: a lot of these films, not all. But a good amount of them, and I didn't realize it, was shot and even in post-production during, during, the, a, pandemic. during a pandemic. That is very and, true. And, yeah. and a lot of people had to go in, you know, like Malcolm and Marie, like uh, Zendaya had to go in and break a rule to go and film that. And SAG was not happy. What did she film? Oh, <clears throat> Malcolm and Marie. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. So I have the Best Picture nominees up. Let's uh, talk right about them. So about them. Okay. I have <clears throat> The Father. Watching that tonight. Judas and the me Black and Messiah. Don't have one. Okay. Yeah. Mank. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. Okay, I watched Mank today. Minari. Minari's on my list. Minari. We have all of them. <laughs> Minari. Nomad Land. I watched that. It's beautiful. Promising Young Woman. Okay, That's we on my watched list. that. We, oh, we watched did that. watch that. You already watched that one? Yeah. yeah. How's Carrie Mulligan? Amazing. Okay. Good. I thought it was really okay, great. Okay, I'll watch that. Sound of Metal. Uh, and the trial of the Chicago Seven. Okay, Chicago Seven. Oh, I heard that one's phenomenal. really good. Okay, I have not watched any of this, phenomenal. so I really need the to acting, like, step my the, game up. The acting in the trial of Chicago Seven is out of this world. I'm telling Sasha you, Sasha Baron got a nominee for that. I was going to say Borat, but yeah. he he won the Golden Globe for it. No, he, he won the Golden won, Globe. He got for an Oscar screenplay. for uh, Oscar nom for his Borat too screenplay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he's going to win. So wow. Here, here's my, here, okay, maybe I should watch it. He's going to win an Oscar. Well, did my, you watch the subsequent movie film thing? 
No. You didn't watch that? No. Oh, my goodness. I know. I've seen the first one. Like, Rudy Giuliani makes a cameo. It's everything. Yeah. And he, so here's what gives me pause about the supporting actor, because I saw that Sasha Baron Cohen was nominated in the supporting actor. So mm-hmm. what's crazy is Daniel Kaluuya and both Lakeith Stanfield were leads in their movie. So, I mean... What movies? I guess the, would it be considered more? I was so, like, it's more of an ensemble. Well, right. so so every so everyone has been up in arms though about it all day long. You know, mm. Black Twitter lets nobody. Sleep. Was Daniel a lead? Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, literally, he's the face of the film. Like his face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Judah and Judah yeah. and the Black Messiah. Yeah, and, and so, he's up for supporting. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone's well, kind of con- it's a tactic, and we know this better than any. We definitely it's, do. It's <laughs> a tactic of who you're going to put in which category to. Mm-hmm make sure that they have the best opportunity to win. And a lot of people, you know, I've talked to people in soaps and primetime for years about award shows and how that goes down, and they're like, listen, even though we had a scene where we, you know, a few episodes, our storyline, we were front burner, like, we decided to go supporting because it's a safer choice. Because people are going to always remember the supporting more than they will the front burner sometimes because the front burner stories are very short. And this also could set him up for success in terms of progression. So he could win. So if he won Best Acting before he won Best Supporting, he mm. probably would never get two Oscars. He would never get. So if yeah. he yeah. won Best Supporting first, there's a better chance that he'll win Best Actor later, and then he'll have two Oscars. Well, you know, he wasn't invited to the premiere of Get Out. Yeah. So what and the it, fuck is that about? Y'all saw that Twitter video I sent? No. Yeah. Was, yeah. Ahead, it was Hollywood on, doesn't like him. It was on um, Ed Ed Norton. No, Ed, what's the guy? The judges. The judge from Judge Judy, you you Drag Race UK, no no no, um, Graham Norton, Graham, Graham Norton. Norton. Graham he was show. on the Graham Norton show, and he was talking about you know his experiences and all this that and the other, and he was they were talked about Get Out, and he was like, oh yeah, you know I was like super excited, and then my invitation never came, and he was like, hmm, and he was like, wait, you weren't invited to the premiere of Get Out at the what film? It's in Park City. Sundance. Sundance. Sundance, yeah. He was like, that's where it premiered. And he yeah, I know. Lisa will tell you. And he didn't get an invite to that. And he was like, Marla, you, you should be outraged by this. He was like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I guess there did was a mistake. Did someone just, or did he just not understand that he was like, obviously invited? No. I mean, literally they invited the rest of the cast and he didn't even know what was going on. Like, he, like there was no communication. And he was just like... Honestly, he, you know, he forgave it and he's like, listen, studio things. But that kind of just speaks to a larger issue um, about black films and black actors and actresses and how they're handled. Um, you know, it's been a huge surprise. Stephen Yoon, who Ashley and I love from Walking Dead, yes, who played the ill-fated Glenn. Uh, Glenn, he it's interesting because he actually got his uh, first Oscar nomination uh, for his role in Minari. So congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm really happy to see more representation come up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Tiffany Haddish, congratulations to her. Yes. Going back, um, she is now the third... Um, woman of color to win that best you know? comedy album uh, best comedy album and yeah. so I think that's <laughs> I think it's great and she, she found out on Kids Say the Darn, Darndest Things that she was hosting uh, so I thought that was that's really cool that's cute it was cute they said it in her ear and she was like what and she just started crying and she talked to the kids and said you can have anything um, you know as you want so I'm, I want to speak on uh, my favorite category always the uh, best actress in a leading role so who do you think is going to get it is this Andre Day's first like nomination? So Andre yeah. Day, it's her first nomination. She won and, the like, Golden Globe, role. and she will also win the the Oscar. She'll, 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 she'll win. She wow. is phenomenal. 
No. Out of all of the actresses that have ever played Billie Holiday, her performance is raw. She looks like her. She looks like her, and she goes there. And it's very, very... Like that's that's acting, and I, I didn't know she was an actress. <laughs> I will, and that yeah. is acting. Well, she, I don't think she ever She's not. was. She was. She, yeah. I don't know if y'all saw her in the View the other day, but she was saying that she did not want to take this role because she was not an actor. She wow. was very intimidated, very scared. She's like, "I'm a singer. I'm not an actress." And um, producers were like, "No, you're her." And she said, "Okay, I'm going to try it." And that's the epitome epitome of the story. You know, take a risk and be rewarded. Because and she she she's sang about her, to get, she sang those she parts. sang them too. Yeah. Um, she wow. sang them too. I will say Viola. Awesome. I will say um, I. You know, I definitely agree that Andre Day. I haven't seen it yet. I do plan on it. We'll probably win. Uh, but you know, Viola Davis also um, very much embodied Ma Rainey. She actually put mm-hmm. on a lot of weight for that role. And you know the rule: if you put on weight, you shave your head, you do something crazy, right. you probably you're win. So, can I say something controversial? Mm-hmm. Yet, yet brave. Uh oh. This is just a thought. Uh-oh. Of mine. <laughs> He's back, people. I uh, love Viola Davis. Don't you dare. I really love Viola Davis. (laughs) I think she's one of the most talented actresses in Hollywood today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, Uh I'm lacking to see where she is in her career right now. I'm lacking to see the character development. I just feel like she is Viola Davis on camera at this point. Now, when she was in her early acting days, I could see the character that she was trying to embody. But now I just feel like it's small rainy that's 50 pounds heavier and singing in front of a microphone and yelling at her crew. I don't see that. Because you don't see that? I, I, because I think that she's playing... I mean, a lot of people have also said that about Meryl Streep, and I don't see that either. I think mm. that... No, uh, I, absolutely. But, and but, I have a problem with Meryl Streep but, about that, too. But, but, I, but I also think in the same breath that, like... I think once you get settled into a certain part and a certain age, you kind of always bring that and you bring your experiences. Mm, so I mm-hmm. think that you start to, it's a lot easier for uh, people take, when you know, Cicely Tyson, may she rest in peace, did an interview where she said, I started taking roles that I could relate to because I had lived some part of that character. Yeah. And like, I think that people are doing that now more than ever. Um, you know, my first time playing gay was Kai and Pride. I never played gay outside of that. And so I, I, I think either, that, I don't think. yeah, we, we had never been in, and that's a whole nother discussion because of where we grew up and the church and everything we went in, which I'm excited to talk to our next guest about, um, you know, putting on that mask and having to hide that. So when we come back, we'll be speaking with Simler right after this. We'll yeah. be right back. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, and guys. Welcome, welcome back. back. We are so excited to have with us on the podcast today, Semler, artist, singer, songwriter, songwriter, and all-around amazing artist. How's it going, Semler? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Did you like our little orchestra that brought you in? I did. All of the instruments. Seamless. You should think about going into some sort of a music group. This, this, We're working this on it. Pan We're out, working on it. Pride the band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep the brand going. The next franchise. I mean, the name is there. It's like it's already built in. You know, very that. Very that. <laughs> so similar. How how are you? Where are you right now? So right now I'm in Los Angeles. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, weather's warming up here. So I'm in high spirits. It's staying a little sunnier for longer. So that helps with the seasonal depression. And I'm just happy to yeah. be speaking with y'all. 
Yes. That's awesome. Well, we're happy as well. Thank you for taking the time. Um, so I guess we're just going to kind of dive right in because you have this really awe-inspiring career as a queer artist. Um, and we've listened to your music. And mm-hmm. I actually followed you today on Spotify and did a re-listen of your new EP that's out. And just tears, man. <laughs> oh, tears, Very man. relatable. Just very relatable. I don't know if you know, but we're like from small town Texas, mm-hmm. um, grew up in... Christian faith, you know, in the Bible mm-hmm. Belt. Obviously, we're all queer, mm-hmm. allied. My dad is a preacher, so I'm yeah. also a PK. So, oh my gosh, yep. wow! I feel like I I knew that we understood for so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, like <laughs> your your music is like literally our lives, and like yeah. uh-huh. we, we were just connecting on like a huge spiritual level. So, I guess my first question is like, how did this all come? into fruition obviously it was god's plan but like how did it just manifest so i was doing this documentary series called state of grace and our last episode before quarantine was about the christian music industry just sort of checking in with all the christian music that raised me all the media around my house was christian media so i went to nashville and i just kind of couldn't believe how exclusionary the industry had become and just how rigid of a bubble um, this genre of music had devolved into. And so that was like in my little brain. And then now I'm trapped at home because of COVID and staying safe. I joined TikTok and the algorithm <laughs> starts showing me a lot of like ex-evangelicals and people who are speaking to experiences that I just deeply related to. And so I started kind of writing music and putting it out on TikTok, honestly, as a joke at first, but I just wanted to be part of this community and lend my voice to the experience. And then what started sort of whimsically, I ended up really diving into the songwriting and unpacking some memories and experiences that I had never allowed myself to process before. What ended up resulting was Preacher's Kid. And I didn't set out to write a Christian record and I didn't really even know that this was something I had to go through and something I had to revisit in my adulthood, but I'm really happy that I, that I have. And I feel more inspired than ever after seeing the response, because clearly this is something that we just have not really been speaking to. And this is a genre that has been able to act beyond reproach for a long time. And I think that it's high time that people feel, uh, okay to just sort of talk openly about your experiences of faith or out of faith or into faith and as queer people that we are not excluded from those conversations Mm -hmm. or those spaces anymore yeah Yeah, absolutely um just a little bit about me (laughs) (laughs) i i know i want to explain why i I connect with you so hard and ashley does too is Mm -hmm. like i obviously am a homosexual and <laughs> i i know i know this I is the shocker of the whole podcast i don't come across podcast. that way <laughs> she um, bradley is gay <laughs> don't tell my mom again right. again um <laughs> keep it forever so grew up very very religious and actually not spiritual i was going to say spiritual i didn't become spiritual until i realized what spirituality meant anyway um went to Sunday school, did the whole vacation Bible school in church every Sunday, every Wednesday. And um, when I came out, it was not well received. And um, it just speaks to exactly what you were saying as being Christian and being queer is not really a thing that's talked about. So what I've tried to do in my 
little old life is talk about it and currently writing a book and I was Mr. Gay New York and kind of used that platform as a message. I mean, your platform is obviously way bigger than mine. So um, using that platform to spread the message of you can be queer and Christian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ashley, yeah, how about absolutely. you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I, my dad's a pastor as well. And so I was a PK and I always had a, a lot of gay friends, even before I even realized that my friends were gay. And it was just like, I was very blessed to uh, have a family that like, it was never an issue. It was never like anything of discussion. And so I always grew up in a very like welcoming to with the LGBT and Christian connection. And so, um, but I know a lot of people don't have that experience. So, you know, I would love to hear like, how was it for you being LGBT and, and being a PK and what advice do you have to anybody out there that grew up in an environment where they want to still be Christian, but, you know, may feel shunned by the Christian community? Yeah, I think I kind of alternate between both y'all's experiences. So I grew up in an affirming household. My dad is a very like rare and kind preacher, um, where there were gay people in our church. He was always very affirming, but he's also a cis straight white dude. And so he has like every privilege in the world opened up to him. So he never really asked questions about the communities, the larger church communities that he would like send my brother and I to, or like Mm -hmm. youth events and things like that. So while I was protected at home and like my home church was inclusive and affirming i was not spared from wider church culture which really taught me something very different yeah and i really hate this phenomenon but i think it's kind of true at least for me that sometimes the bad stuff is easier to believe so even though there was this beautiful church community that i had with the example of my dad who was the leader i was hearing all this like bad and scary stuff from other church communities and for whatever reason at like 15 16 that was the stuff that i was like choosing to believe and i was like Mm. oh my dad this simpleton like he's too naive and nice (laughs) like you know maybe he doesn't know that that's not i mean that's not exactly what i thought but it just was the the fear-mongering stuff resonated in me a bit more because we also are conditioned and raised in a cishet society and so i was seeing the the messages that were fearful Mm -hmm. were more reflective of what i was seeing in larger culture too well the system of fear it all becomes like baked in yeah Yeah, the system of fear is a real thing well and i mean we've talked about we were talking in the green room before the show about you know la pride and everything coming up and so many times at pride we see people out um you know claiming to be christians with their signs and you know Mm -hmm. telling us that we're going to burn in hell and in the past four years we actually saw an insurgence of you know people claiming to be christian coming out trying to pull back rights for the lgbtq community what would you say to those christians who believe that they're following a certain calling and that they're trying to take away our rights or our our right to just live and be who we are so to that end i would say most of the time in my experience people who are not affirming have not really done their homework into affirming progressive inclusive theology right but i have found that the reverse is true so as queer people we have to do we we get these like low-key degrees in theology because you want to understand those six clobber verses i want to read that original hebrew i want to really unpack where this is Mm -hmm. coming from i'm familiar with that theology 
what I would say is not really like, this is my, how I'm going to own you. It's an invitation to learn about this inclusive perspective of Christianity, this inclusive theology. Mm-hmm. I always just ask like, is it possible you're wrong? Is it possible that you're choosing something that is regressive and exclusionary and you have not done sufficient work to understand the robust biblical scholarship. These are smart people who have been unpacking and excavating this truth. Have you looked into that at all before you come really quickly to my Instagram page and condemn me? (laughs) Could you pause (laughs) for a minute? Like just pause and see, maybe, maybe you might learn something. Um, because a lot of the times it's like, can you can you explain affirming theology to me? They typically cannot, but I can explain non-affirming theology. I know those verses. Right. Mm-hmm. I know them. I know exactly what that perspective is. Right. I've heard Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve before. Like I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard our perspective. It's. I mean, what you just said was so beautiful. Um, as Ashley and Brain were saying, I grew up in a church as well, and you know, I was always trying to put on a mask. I mean, I was still myself. And as I got older, I was really myself. But (laughs) I I definitely would put on a mask at times in church uh, because I wanted to present a certain way. And I remember sometimes when the preacher would get up and try to have discussions about LGBTQ, I would make an excuse to go to the restroom or I'd shy away from that conversation. And I would be looking around to see who's looking at me because everybody know Mm -hmm. the little gay boy in the back pew. Mm -hmm. He must, you know, I'm walking around (laughs) Why were you in the back pew? Well, because, you know, I was tired. I was down front. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I had no choice to be up front. When I got got older, I, yeah, when I got older, um, I had, you know, they was like, get your ass to the front um, so you can do something. And I I did. And, you know, I became more of a part of the church by doing ushering work and uh, announcements. And, you know, I tried to get in the choir. I do that. And that was cute. Uh, Listen, everybody can sing with the grace of God. Okay. Hello. Hello. Everybody. Everybody can do it. Um, so it, it, it was very hard. And my grandma had recently told me a story about how she had went back, like, because they had been doing church virtually. Um, and they tried to bring up um, LGBTQ again in a negative light. And she logged off. And she was just like, because at this point, everyone knows who you are as my grandson. They know you. She's like, so to do that in the way that it was going down, did not like it, did not want to be a part of it, and I can go read my Bible and learn a whole lot more than having someone sit there telling me something hateful about somebody I love. So it's it's I, I feel like people are coming around, but it is still very hard, and I think there is a community of people who, I mean, clearly, um, I forgot who was saying, I, Ashley and I were talking yesterday um, in the kitchen, our favorite place, and <laughs> hey. we, yeah, we, were, we were in that cooking, we was eating, and, and she was talking about, like, it's not as acceptable as we think it is, and there is, I mean, clearly by when... Um, the guy who just left the White House, you know, the moment he came in and he tried to take away our rights, there were a lot of people who voted for it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. and, they, and they all said, oh, we're Christians and we want a Christian life. It, it's very weird mm-hmm. how they hide behind Christianity just to mm-hmm. spew hate. Similar, can you tell yeah. us your, I guess, initial understanding of God, what began your relationship with God, whether it was within the church or whether it was your own spiritual journey outside the church. How was that, um, that reckoning for you? Yeah, I don't have any memories without faith. You know, so my earliest memories are praying with my dad and learning the parables mm. and stuff. But as soon as I think societal worldly messages seeped in as to like what a good Christian girl looks like and presents as such um, seeped in is when I started really just like, I, I don't even want to say it, 
pulling away from God. It wasn't even that conscious. It was as soon as I started living a lie, it became really difficult for me to access what I believe to be the ultimate truth and a divine creator. So that was most of like my later teenage years and twenties, just sort of not engaging. I mean, it just, I couldn't access it. And then probably like the last three years of my life, um, even though I've been out in LA for a while, but the last three years, I've really just kind of hit this point of like, I'm sick of being any type of way for other people. I've known who I am since I was little, like a little Mm -hmm. kid, like stealing my brother's clothing and things like that. And like fantasizing after I would, after a shower, I would slick my hair all the way back and see what it would look like if it was short. And I would like dream of a world where I could have hair like that yeah. I, and now i like yeah. get to <laughs> and, and imagine it's strange that, that <laughs> made it's wild i was like wow what a, what a utopia um, and as soon as i started just living my truth which i know is kind of a corny statement but it really is like when i started just being myself who i've always known myself to be my natural way of expression and being then it was like, oh my gosh, I can pray because I don't have this weight on me anymore. Where it's like, it, I would liken it to, did you ever write a diary entry, but you're censoring yourself? You're like editing your diary entry because you like don't even want to write it because it's mm-hmm. too personal. And you know, my so Zanga, look at us all chiming Zanga. in. My Zanga was so redacted, you would have no idea. <laughs> Just yeah. redacted, redacted. Redacted, yeah. redacted, redacted. <laughs> and you become like this sanitized version of yourself. And in mm-hmm. my perspective we're all spiritual beings having this human experience and i was so sick of trying to put a barrier on what who i was created to be and as soon as i sort of like took that off and i'm still working through it you know of course i had this interest in scripture i had this interest in prayer this like natural dynamic complicated relationship with the creator that i had always seen and like heard about at youth events and people's hands would go up but i never authentically experienced i was always acting before so as soon as i stopped Mm. acting um everyone you know you always heard it was like it's going to be a struggle and like you'll never know god the opposite was true for me Mm -hmm. the absolute opposite me too i i have a story to attest to like being like you know acting and being for not forced but i just felt forced into doing something so i went to an fca football game for it's like fellowship of Christian we know athletes. fellowship of christian athletes right. Right. I was the vice president and i don't know how i did that really <laughs> and so like you know we went to the game and all that but beforehand there was like a whole like you know meeting and we all like prayed and we did all that jazz um they were like oh does anyone want to come down to the front and basically be like born again you know yeah you're and, like, getting saved set, right the term is re- getting saved yeah okay cool okay so but like i don't know I don't know. I just felt like forced, not forced, but like pressured to do yeah. it. And so I just. By like, God or by your fellow peers? By my fellow peers. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying it. I was. Because like, if it was I by was, God, then that's. We okay with that. Okay. That's. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, it wasn't. Okay, it was okay. like, I felt like I had to put Absolutely. this on. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Anyway. I know why. It it, it happened out of my childhood. It was pressure. It, it just felt pressured and like. I don't know. And, and like, other, like, other friends it. were doing it. And then I was just like, oh, I guess, do I need to do this? I, gotta be I, cool like, I don't too. know. I don't, I don't want people mm-hmm. to think that like, I'm not religious believer, yeah. or like close to God or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like, so I did it because I was like, I want them to think. Right. That. Or most importantly, we didn't want to give up our mask of being gay as well, because I think that's a big <laughs> part of it too. I mean, yeah, that, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe that it was subconsciously I mean, that. For me, it protected me in a sense. I was Christian, so I couldn't be gay. 
Right. Even so though, maybe that's what I I don't know. Well, I did it and it was you know it was beautiful and I I cried. Everybody was crying and stuff oh sure like that. everybody's crying. Yeah. But, um, so similar. All all of this. Um, I guess when you were finding yourself, this obviously is communicated in your song lyrics. Can you tell us a little bit about that process as an artist, bringing in your personal journey to create beautiful lyrics that obviously, mm-hmm. well, they they touched me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, the first song I wrote for the project was Jesus from Texas. And that was, um, it kind of just ended up happening like this very stream of consciousness thing. I started writing it on the day of the election when like many of us, I was just freaking out (laughs) Um, and sort of thinking about how uh, Christianity has become so separate from social justice, which I think is strange because it seems antithetical to the, life that Jesus was advocating for us to live. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about that. And then it, I continued sort of having this like melody in my head. And then I went through something with a friend of mine that, you know, has just been this kind of heartbreaking situation. And that's how I like ended the song. So I didn't, I didn't know exactly like what I was writing about when I started doing it. And then it just sort of ended in this like nice little kind of like tying things up with a, with a bow, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And when I played that song, when I finished that song and I played it for my wife and I played it for a few other friends, they were like, I think that you're kind of tapping into real vulnerability in songwriting that you should continue doing. So sort of where I've, where I'm at right now, when I'm writing some, I'm finishing up some like songs right now too, is that I'm just trying not to censor myself kind of for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. It means that some, sometimes I listen to a song and I'm like, gosh, this is super corny or like, I don't know if this is relatable. This is those so are specific. The best. Like uh-huh. those are the I'm best. Just, I'm just trying not to overthink it right now. Right. I think there could come a time when I really maybe like go in and try and like, be more like intentional with my with my lyrics but the the point that I am at now with songwriting is like I haven't talked about some of this stuff ever and so I'm just trying not to hold anything back when I feel like a song coming on like this the whole second verse of Bethlehem was literally I felt like Steve Carell and Anchorman no in um (laughs) in Bruce Almighty yeah he's like behind the desk and he's like I was Okay, when I first listened to Bethlehem, I was like, been on that mission trip, been in that youth group, yeah, went to that vacation Bible Mm -hmm. school. I was like, damn, she is literally reading my life right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, I think we all lived the same childhood, is kind of something I'm learning. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. My, My first realization that I might not be straight was on a mission trip, and I was in my dorm room with dorm room whatever we were sharing a room with my quarters yeah (laughs) with a bunch of guys and we decided to collect i don't know anyway it was very strange it was was very strange i guess you know how i guess you don't know um it was very strange but i sort of enjoyed it i guess they were all just trying to reach the end i don't know anyway i I don't it was very strange uh, this was at a church Summer camp. Listen, well, some how, of the dirtiest stuff happens. At listen, church they camp. they did yeah, a lock in. They did a lock in for us at the church thing. They took oh, us duh. to like this <laughs> to this so warehouse, and they were like lock in. Do you know that I personally I was in the bathroom all night. Is that <laughs> did you find your sexuality in in, in yeah. the lock in? Is that like that's that lyric is real? Well, I don't know if I found my sexuality because I kind of knew I was gay pretty like young to be honest like I knew something was different it doesn't mean that I had like sexual desires but I was always like the husband 
when I was like six years old mm, playing yeah. house. I like, I knew <laughs> I was like, I'm, I like move in this world a little different. I was never yeah. um, very interested in like traditionally feminine things ever. Um, but I do know that I went to a lock-in one time because there was this girl going to the lock-in and I was like, maybe I'll like see what the vibe is. <laughs> the Yo, that's so true. No, the, we get married in a church for a reason. Remember at, at Christian dances when you would dance and they'd be like, leave room for Jesus. Yeah. That, that but also <laughs> my, favorite. my favorite thing was like, um, and I know Ashley and I talked about this before, I used to, our church like travels to other churches, like, you know, to be a guest church. And mm-hmm. I always was like, oh, we're going to this church? That's a cute boy that I'm going. I'm I don't care what nobody said. You get that in the whole service. You're like, how can I get to him? Like, how can I do it? Well, my but, husband will be a man of God. Well, I, I know that's right, friend. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I never went to church camp. You didn't? Really? No. Are you gay? Yeah, super gay. <laughs> that's where gays are made. Hello. Church camp. Because like, maybe it's because I grew up Catholic. Mm. Oh. We really didn't have, like youth groups and like trips and well, this because and your that. church it's just doesn't so be- your church thinks we're a sin well, yeah yeah at least that's what uh old pope uh, what's his i don't know yeah i don't know paul benedict one of them yeah but it just tripped benedict i think that's it but it just tripped me out because he had made a statement before that was like oh yeah the gays are cool you know live right. their life we don't have to be we don't have to you know intermingle or whatever mm-hmm. but now yeah he's just Made a, he came out and said, "Gay, what is it? Gay marriage is what, what is it? It's exactly? a sin. It's a sin. I and God bless can't it. bless sin. Yeah, yes. and it was yeah, like, it's a sin. Whatever, bro. But how do you how do you feel about that though? Similar, like yeah, that, that he's coming out with like that. I I think my theory, and I I really have not done a lot of reading on this because I'm not Catholic and I really do not give." a great deal of credence to the, what comes out of the Vatican. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that likely it was some sort of a response to pressure because he has been seen as a more pro LGBTQ plus Pope. And so Mm -hmm. I think that there was mounting pressure for him to unequivocally say something that was unaffirming or to like confirm the Catholic church's stance. But I think that that position is going to become increasingly difficult to justify Mm -hmm. that being gay is a sin. Right. And I think that it's just, I mean, it, it, I don't like to make things so sort of like, like right and wrong, black and white or whatever, but you have to sort of look at the perspective of who's like, what is the fruit of that preaching right now? Like you are even inadvertently you're siding with conversion therapy, you're, you're siding with people mm-hmm. who are oppressing LGBTQ plus people at a rate where we are statistically more likely to take our own lives, statistically mm-hmm. more prone yeah. to violence. So I, I, I just think that to put it very mildly, it's a real bad look for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real bad look for Catholicism that I think will be um, something that is, is um, viewed quite seriously now, but I think especially in the future, people mm-hmm. are going to, uh, I just question the judgment of making that sort of a decree because of the amount of harm that will come out of it. You know, Yeah, some- it's the hypocrisy for me. And yeah. that's kind of why I like stopped practicing Catholicism. Like once I got out of high school, I think is when it was really like, oh, 
I don't really need all these like preachy on my knees up again, stand again, you know, long. <laughs> Not on your knees, stand again. <laughs> it's just a, it's a lot, but it was more of like the hypocrisy for me. It was like you can't you can't condemn one group of people when you condone another, condone another mm-hmm. like pedophilia or ignore. Like, well, and <laughs> or ignore exactly. Yeah, it's just like come on, bro. You you know you can't pick and you can't. I mean, and and a lot of that happens. I find in like the Christian church, you hear it all the time that a preacher will be cheating on his wife with somebody in the congregation, and you you hear those situations. And so I think it's it is the hypocrisy, and it is very concerning because I feel like we're in a place right now where everything is so heightened and every conversation is so charged and every disagreement is so bad. Like there's not a let's agree to disagree. It's like, let's fight it out and say things until we hurt each other. And Mm -hmm. I I just don't know when or if we're ever going to come back from that because I feel like we were in a hole for four years figuring things out. And then we made decisions. People said, I'm not going to put up with this moving forward. I'm not going to put up with this person saying this or this person saying that. And I think that that's kind of where we are with religion, honestly, at this point. Similar, you you mentioned that he was probably getting pressure mm-hmm. to say this, but I'm like, I'm wondering, getting pressured from who? He's the Pope. Cardinals yeah, but I, I just and... think like wider, like Catholic establishment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think that, th- I think that Catholicism is one of those institutions that is just so sort of storied and mm-hmm. they have this, like, they're very slow moving. I mean, they yeah. still have the Pope. So well, like, they, weren't, so, they weren't too slow yeah. to condemn homosexuality because they still haven't condemned child molestation. So, yeah, well, so I think that like they're um, I think that they're just sort of wanting to be clear that they that the, that the old school traditional way of going about things is still like they want they almost wanted clarity like no we're still catholics like we're still right like, this is <laughs> yeah. line. we this might is be pedophiles line. but we're still catholic. <laughs> oh my God, it's like we're, like we're confirming that we're not inclusive like we should really confirm that and it's like yeah you made it like loud yeah. and clear and you also made we it loud it. and clear to a <laughs> lot of kids who are a lot of kids and adults who are struggling right now and i think that was a really um Poor pretty cruel yeah. thing that he did yeah Boo Pope. Boo Pope. Okay, I have one music question before yeah. we wrap things up. Um, who would be your ideal artist to collaborate with? And it could be secular or non secular. Or it could be part of this podcast or not. Yeah, I'm a singer as well, so I don't know. We could collaborate something. Yes. Man. Um, well, I think within the Christian space, a few artists that come to mind, uh, Jennifer Knapp, um, John Foreman from Switchfoot, and Matt Thiessen from Alliant K. Wow. Are, wow. Yes. Within the Christian space, I'd love to work with them. Uh, within the secular space. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Phoebe Bridgers. Um, I love Julian that. Baker. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty open. I have a pretty I listen to a lot of different types of music. So I'm I'm just I'm just excited to keep working. And I think especially within uh, the Christian space, if there's an artist who wants to sort of use uh, the music I'm making as like a invitation for them to let their audience know that they're affirming and inclusive, I would I'm 
really receptive to that. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll see um, more and more artists within Christian music just be really overt with um, their love. Yeah, that would be Amen amazing. To that. And similar, let us know where everyone can find uh, your current EP, Preacher's Kid, at uh, because it, it's so great. Like Bray so said, like yeah. said, it so brings good. tears. It's so beautiful, and we want to make sure for anyone out there who is struggling and young and gay, or even older and gay, it doesn't matter your age, you can still struggle. Um, can have some music that calms them and brings them serenity. Mm-hmm. So, where can they find it at? Yeah, you can find it wherever you get your music. Listen to Preacher's Kid. My artist name is Semler. That's S-E-M-L-E-R. And um, yeah, listen, follow along. I think it's going to be a bumpy ride, but I'm excited. Hopefully we're, we're going to get a CCM Grammy one of these days. Hell yeah. yeah. In the universe, baby. Come on, Dolly Parton. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. She just won. Man, yeah, a Dolly collab. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Epic. Well, I hope we get to see you when we get to travel out to Los Angeles yes. this summer. LA Pride. We love a brunch. Hell yeah, let's so do it. So we're going to put it in the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be delicious. For sure. <laughs> it's been so much fun and so inspiring, like I said earlier, yeah. to chat with you. Thank you for spreading your positive, spiritual, beautiful, loving, open energy into this world because we need it. Everyone needs it. We need more of it. So we thank do. you so much for sharing your beautiful talents. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. It was a pleasure. All right, and we'll see you very soon, my dear. Until <laughs> next time. Come back and kiki with us, please. I will. I would love to. All yeah, right, so. well, I will, I'll let y'all go, but thank you so much for having me, and I've loved speaking with you. Yes, thank you so thank much. You. You. Bye. 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 Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, Pride fam. Do you have any juicy tea you want to spill with us? Well, why don't you give us a call on 844-25-PRIDE. That's 844-25-PRIDE. Slide into our DMs at Pride the Series on Instagram or email us at prideTheSeries at gmail.com. Wow, similar. That was... That was a great experience. Like, I relate to her so much. I have to tell you, I think that's one of the most favorite interviews of mine is chatting with her just because I connected with her. We all connected with her growing up in small town, Mm -hmm. religious Texas, and like, you know, started from the bottom and now we're here. But I love most importantly that she is looking out for the youth of the future. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when we were talking about Mm -hmm. the situation with the Pope and how dangerous it was, and she was just like, there are so many people struggling that are young or are, are coming of age with their sexuality, and mm-hmm. the last thing that they needed was that to confuse them or set them back even more. Mm-hmm. It's one hundred percent, especially growing up Catholic and and Mexican. It was just like whatever the Pope or our preacher mm-hmm. said was that was it. And luckily, though, for me, it wasn't really like that bad, but. Um, there were some times where I was like, uncomfortable in, in during service. Of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, what I really you know. loved about Simler is she's serving as a bridge between the, I guess, the evangelical side, also the queer side. And you can be one and the same as we all are. So she's a nice conduit, I I think. And speaking about her troubles is just enlightening enlightening those that 
don't understand the gay world, the queer world um, mm-hmm. from the Christian side. So speaking out about it and, and writing songs about it is just a great way to enlighten those that, that are not like us. That's mm-hmm. true. And music does heal and it's a very therapeutic way of expression. I mean, you know, they're actually hoping for music to heal. Um, we didn't talk about this in our first segment. Um, the talk show hosts at the talk, they're not doing so well. Over what music there. is healing her? Well, there, I mean, none, clearly. But, I mean, it's interesting because as we all, as well have our, you know, talk show here and we speak to people, we don't have those things. I mean, we, we had a bump. But they're having an issue now on that set where they have actually told every single person not to come to work for, like, the next three or four days because they've extended it now. Because mm-hmm. of Sharon? Because, because they're now investigating claims because now other people are starting to speak up because now... Now they feel Damn. like this is our time, current opportunity. You don't act like that unless you act like that. Especially, like, that didn't come out especially of in today's time. Yeah. Like, now more than ever, people are watching what they say and thinking about what they say. You have to, but you know, or maybe they're not. Not in Sharon. <laughs> yeah. Not in Sharon's defense at all. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this is that she needs to reconcile within herself not only her own. Uh, racist rhetoric and prejudices, but also not believing the best in her friend because she was defending her friend. What happened was that she went online yes. and mm-hmm. she posted. Yeah, well, she said, "Piers Morgan has always been such a great friend with, to me, and I just not I don't know him like that." And for me, that's that's even more dangerous because you aren't acknowledging. It's like, yeah, he can be a friend to you. And why say anything? But uh, exactly, and we all have a person where if we have a problem with them, someone else can that's a close friend that can say, "Well, I've never had a problem with that." person that's okay but you should never discount someone else's experience exactly it's not like she was being interviewed by someone who asked her point of view exactly she just blatantly said and she got angry and she she got upset she's claiming she was blindsided she upset herself like she was just talking and then she started to get hype and then she started clapping and then she put on this like affected voice was she on something i don't know i don't know being married to ozzy wouldn't you be she got a little way too well he was married to her which was why he was on something Mm. maybe that's the case ozzy poor no we can't come after a a woman like that i take that back yeah i I mean but 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 listen here's the thing though about the situation you know this is unheard of you know kelly osborne went on the view a few years ago and she made a comment um that she thought that everyone else in the room oh, would laugh yes, at and yes, she said i remember this. oh donald uh-huh. trump if mexican if you get rid of all the mexicans then who's, who's gonna, gonna clean your toilet? your toilet and rosie perez was sitting right there and her and raven were like no 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 <laughs> what we're not people gonna who do are, are people are hispanic <laughs> like but she, she came really in, put her foot in her mouth she came in uh-huh. kind of like latoya came in last week on housewives of atlanta saying like let me make a joke about somebody and thought everyone was gonna be on the grants and they were like that's not no, that's okay. not how that works and and i think that Sharon has done that, but the talk is taking it very seriously because now As you're having hairstylists and makeup artists and people come forward and say how they were always scared and they were always told, never look Sharon in her eye, never come around. Like now certain things are coming out. And I know we talked in the green room about why is it that people are just now coming out? And I think that sometimes, even with the Me Too movement, you need someone to do it first so you can feel okay to do yeah. it next. Where it, the Me Too movement is still going on, and it still takes a lot of courage to come and speak out against someone who you feel has oppressed you or hurt you, you know? And it's mm-hmm. okay. People in, in power. Like, they they hold power, and they can affect your life. So Well, we're seeing it firsthand in the state of New York with our governor, and it's like... Mm-hmm. 
Damn. But I think it's also good. Shit don't happen far from home. But everyone should all take a look at ourselves, us included. Like, you know, our friend Latia actually made a post and she was just like, people are saying, oh, why are we talking about Cuomo? He single-handedly saved New York. She said, he can also do his fucking job because that's his job to be governor and to step up when he did. And he can also be this person who has made people uncomfortable and reconcile that. And I think some people, it's like, Bill Bill Cosby could be a hero on TV, someone we all looked up to, and he can also be this other person who did some really bad things. And we as humans have got to find a way to reconcile and say, like, we can love the artistry, we can love the work, and in, in Andrew Cuomo's case, but we can also call out right and wrong. Like it's a, it's a right and wrong thing. If we can hold it. people accountable. And listen, everyone now, inclu- including us, I'm sure we've all taken. I mean, I know when I go out to the bar now, I take a different thought process. It's like if I'm trying to dance with someone and they don't want to dance with me, I'll look and be like, okay, I need to. Th- th- when is the last time that has happened? Well, not in a year, but <laughs> but I mean. There are things that now I think that all of us should be just taking a second thought process with. It's like something we might have thought was funny or a joke before might not have been. And some people, especially in the work industry, I talked about this last week, it's like with Andrew Cuomo, people were like, oh, we let his jokes go because we were working for him and we didn't want no trouble. And it's like sometimes that's not the case and people just take the jokes because they're like, I have no choice. Right. Going back to like Sharon Osbourne, it's just like at this point, everybody should know that that our society has a lot of issues. And so everybody has to be open minded and not get angry. And so the fact that she immediately got angry, it's just like that tells you everything. Exactly. That tells you everything. It's just like, girl, she knew she was wrong. (laughs) You can have your feelings and be like, oh, my God, my intentions were this and this and this. But when it comes to the topic, you should be like, but I hear what you're saying. And obviously, like somebody who is a person of color or a woman who's been assaulted, they know more about the situation than right. someone who's on the other side. Right. Well, she, Sharon Osbourne, unfortunately, has dug herself into a hole because she has definitely said that, <laughs> she said some things have been proven true. Like, there was a telecast of the talk not too long ago. She was like, Megan's not even black. She's not black. And Eve said, what we're not going to do, she literally said, what we're not going to do is go on about what makes a black woman black and what doesn't. She said, we're not going to do that and we'll be yeah. right back. And Eve took him to the do you think CBS will let her go? I think, or do you think she'll be forced to resign? Or do you, is there going to be some sort Sharon of termination? I think that Sharon Osbourne is going to release a statement in probably the next few days, probably by Friday, to give everyone the weekend to process it. Has she been on the talk so far? She's been on the talk since the beginning. The beginning. No, no, uh, no. I mean, I mean, since these allegations, like has they, she? Well, no, because the, the whole show, show the, show, the show's not on. Yeah. Okay. So the show has been postponed pretty much all week, and while they continue investigating claims. Well, they were postponed because of her. Yeah. That's what I'm trying so, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I right. think that Sharon is going to release a statement probably by Friday which will give people the weekend to kind of digest it, that she, um, in light of recent allegations, she's going to be stepping away from the talk. Yep. Uh, pretty That's much all the too. original people have left. Mm-hmm. Um, the only original person left standing will be Cheryl Underwood um, at that point. I don't know if the talk should continue, if it will continue. Um, the View is kind of the political show. The yeah. Real is the real show, and the talk is kind of just there. I know there's a lot of soap fans on another podcast I do on Mondays, Believe in Soap Operas. We talked about the fact that a lot of people want uh, As the World Turns and Guiding Light back in that time slot, Mm. but we all know that talk shows are cheaper to produce. I don't know if the talk will continue. I don't know. But I do know that uh, Les Moonves and Julie Chen Moonves are still behind the scenes and supportive. What is Julie doing these days? Big Brother. 
That's um, it. And supporting her husband who also has allegations. Yes, yes, um, yes. But they, I think, are going to... Julie and her husband are definitely behind Sharon on this, especially when it comes to racism. Until today, when a conversation was revealed from Sharon that she made fun of Julie and called her slanty eyes. Oh. So, oh, so, no. What? So there's a lot of things. So... I was talking to a couple of my British friends about this mm. because I want to talk about something important after this, but I was talking to a couple of my British friends and they said, that is British humor. I remember we talked about Lisa Vanderpump. She always would say, it's British humor. Okay, well, British humor is not inexcusable. It's inherently racist. Yeah. Clearly, we're seeing that so happen with the crown right now. I'm glad from. you brought that up because I was over here doing British some research, but, I, but this made me think of a podcast I just recently listened to. He's a British dude and he came on and they asked him about his how he felt about the whole Meghan Markle business and all that and the other and he was just very clear and he kept repeating like it was just like yeah you know Brit the the Brits are you know we have our own little sense of humor whatever but it is inherently racist and there is a a systematic a system in place to keep these people down and they had a whole tactic watching the crown you you know this they had Uh, a whole tactic when they took over um, South Africa Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, to, it's to create the image that they're not racist. Yeah, I mean it's so we've started the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion at my company, which is a British-owned company, um, and I'm a part of the council. And it's it's very interesting the conversations I've been having with people for you know security reasons. I can't talk those conversations, but I can say that it is a teaching moment for a lot of people who are British because I think that. They don't understand. And, you know, we hear so often, um, actually, that we got a black friend. Like, I'm friends with black people. Like, I'm not racist. I can't be this. And we hear that. We hear that rhetoric so often. So there are a lot of people, especially that are British, that are like, well, no, we're nice to black people, so we can't be racist. And they don't realize those under tones that, you know, the microaggressions that we see daily. Uh Um you know, Elaine went Weltworth, um, she's the one who spoke out because she's also a talk show, uh, a, a co-host on a talk, and she's the one who just recently spoke out today. Because the allegation, everything was supposed to be settled today, and the talk was going to resume production tomorrow. And Elaine Weltworth came out as, as a co-host, and she said, me and my hairstylist have been offended by Sharon Osborne since the beginning, and Whoa. here's the proof and the information. Leah Remini... And Holly Robertson Pete have came back and put out emails. Uh, people are now coming with receipts, and I think. But why that... wouldn't they? It, this is for discussion. Why yeah. wouldn't they say it sooner? Like if I like, I feel like if I was like had the power of Leo Rimini, and I was offended by fucking Sharon Osbourne, who compared to Leo Rimini as nobody, in my opinion. Yeah. Why wouldn't she say something? But that's sooner? easier, though. I think to say. I th- yeah, ahead, I think that for people of color when they come out with allegations about a white person being racist towards them, the general public, the first reaction is to not believe them mm-hmm. and to think that they're lying. Kind of like and the Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah it, the but, first reaction is like, no, it's not that. Like, you're making things up. But what about Leah Remini, or... who is white, and she's had issues with Sharon? What was her issue, do you think? Isn't Leah Remini Latina? No. Can I make that up? I don't know. I know she's very brown on uh, that show she's on. <laughs> she's, she's very just, tan. Shut up, Adam. It's just her makeup. Well, Austrian okay, so I want to bring Jewish. that up real quick. She's an Italian. She's, so, she's Italian. Okay, yeah. well, she's, well, she's white. Okay, well, then, you know, that makes me think of, like, okay, the other day we watched Drag Race, and Raven was one of the co-hosts, or, like, the guests on Snatch Game. And as soon as they panned her, I was just like, 
she looking real dark. Uh-huh. Like, what you doing? And it's like some people were like, Willem brought it up on her podcast when you were there. Like, oh yeah, and Raven was on it, and then Willem took a beat and was like, what was that um, documentary about enslaved um, dolphins? She's like, oh, blackfish, and like left it at that because Twitter is going in. And is like, what are you doing? Are you who said this that? Is Willem kinda, or Raven? Willem, Willem said, said it about Raven. Yeah. Mm. And because, like, yeah, gay Twitter is ablaze right now, and are like, what are you doing? This is like almost akin to like black blackface. Face. Like, listen, there are a lot of people that have problems with with tanning and it going into that territory. I don't know if that was her intention. Mm. Probably um, not. Probably not at I all. Don't know. But it's still but, just kind of like. But whoa. there is a thing yeah. about like black fishing and like you know I, on social media and stuff like that. So like that is a thing. I heard growing up, all of my life, every single one of my girlfriends that would get tanned, every single one of my guy friends who would get tanned, they literally would say the following to me: "Look, I'm almost as dark mm-hmm. as you." Oh and, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. that comparison has been said to me by white friends as I was growing up in high school so much that I understand that I get exactly what happened, and it's just like I'm not saying Raven was a person to do that, but that's what triggered people. It's like you, mm-hmm. th- people have been told that a lot, like listen, right now, I talked about this last week about Days of Our Lives and Jackie Harry is getting a lot of thing because they did a teachable lesson about don't put your hands in black women's hair. Uh-huh. And a lot of white women and white men got online on, on Twitter and attacked Days of Our Lives. It was like, why is it a thing? We don't mind when people put their hands in our hair. Why is it an issue with y'all? And it's like, well, there's a whole history behind how we don't even get a job because of our hairstyle. Like, whenever black men, for example, go to something, because I, I don't want to speak to black women, but whenever black men go to something, I always have to make sure. And y'all know how crazy I am. I'm like, <laughs> I got to get my hair cut. If I don't get my hair cut, it's going to be bad, and I'm not going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. our hair is such a statement, and not only just the public, but our own community. Black people don't like to go out without their hair dead in some way, shape, yeah. or form. I mean, nobody... I mean, we're judged from everybody about our hair. We're, we're, from we're literally the judged. white community, from the black community as well. Like, it's like a thing. It's it's literally a thing, and I cannot go out without having... And, and here's how I know it's proof, because I've had many people that are black, Spanish, and white always say to me, Dora, I like your haircut. I like your little edge up. And it's like, oh, so before that... I, I I didn't have like like it, it's 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 very stressful and I don't like it and it's something that I mean I not to take away yeah, yeah. from your experiences but I also like to have my hair cut oh, absolutely no you, and I get compliments I mean when my hair, hair is cut. a big deal for everybody hair is a big but deal it, in the black beauty it's just like I don't there's feel, other elements into it I don't know that like I know a lot of people who do hiring and stuff that they're looking when as opposed to a black person or white person walking to a room they're looking at that black person's entire physical makeup how yeah, do you right. smell how right. do you look how's your hair like you have to be perfect yeah. yeah and and you're still not perfect enough and, right. and yeah. you're still not and they're like how educated are you how are you yeah. speaking like terms that I might use with y'all I have to take out of my vocabulary to appear very different and then when they get to know me they're like oh you ratchet we love it and I'm like you love it <laughs> um, but I mean <laughs> it's, it's tough but you know what I mean, is it called you code switch I code 
Yo, yeah. I code switch like Big Mouth. If you mm-hmm. guys haven't seen the new season of Big Mouth, go see it. There's an entire musical and scene about code switching, about how a black man goes through this life of like, oh, let me code switch for an older person, yeah. a white yeah. person, an older black person, a younger black person. Like you have what to, is Big Mouth? Big Mouth is on Netflix. Um, it is a, a cartoon. cartoon. It's a coming it's an of adult, age story. It's an adult. Yeah, very adult. Story. But it's not like family. Is it for like family? Oh guy no, 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 no. That's why I haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I yeah, got no, the impression no, no. that it was like a fucking South Park Family Guy, King of the Hill. It bullshit. is, but yeah, it's, but, it they is, take, but it's they better. teach valuable lessons. It it's is, very it's it's about. It's but not it is coming of age. Very. But it is very graphic. Graphic. Like Nick. It's done by Nick Kroll. In a very like sexually charged graphic, yeah, like it's like, talking about but like in a good way or a bad way. I mean, they're talking about like puberty. They're talking about periods. They're talking about like so it's educational. It's, educa- it's educational, but, but it's done to the yes, but it's a little degree. crude. Yeah, it, it, ha- it, it has gets like very, for, for comedic effect. Okay. It gets very yeah. dirty. Very I, yeah, it's dirty for they, comedic effect. They have they have um, <laughs> a lot of LGBTQ characters on there. They okay. do. They have people questioning. Their they brought a they brought a trans character. Really? Okay, I need to be watching this. They have when. As we as young boys, I don't know, maybe I'm telling on myself, when we're first... I already told on myself in well, the previous segment. So. Well, how, Go how right ahead. How, how, we're, how we're learning... <laughs> you did. How we're learning how to masturbate and do certain things. Yeah. Like how you do it with a pillow. And that's a whole storyline. It is a whole storyline. Like, you're like, yo, I'm Got fucking it. my pillow. And then two, he has two pillows. And the way they do it is, he, his name's Jay. And he's like, one pillow. Pillow well, hold on. Okay. One pillow is a girl pillow. And one pillow is a boy pillow. And that's how he figures out he's bisexual. bisexual. Right. But it's really well done. But it's but very raunchy the at the same time. That comes into place. Suspend the belief, okay. but that comes into place, and the pillows like ah, it's great. <laughs> oh uh, my god! So it the, gets really raunchy. No, the pillow no. has a character. Oh, voiced yeah. by Miss Kristen Bell. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great. They do. Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely gonna have to watch this. Before no, we fine. wrap up, I know we have to go, but I want us to continue our theme of talking about women. Uh huh. In yes. um, International Women's Month for Women Empowerment. So I know we all have picked our women that we want to highlight. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go for okay. it. And um, yeah, I want to speak on Anna Mae Wong. She's an American actress considered to be the first Chinese-American Hollywood movie star. Okay. And honestly, oh. the first Chinese-American actress to gain international recognition. Okay. She, uh, her career spanned over like silent film, sound, television, stage, radio. Amazing. Right? And so well, here – okay. So this is the really shitty thing. But like – so in 1935, she was dealt the most severe disappointment of her career when MGM refused to consider her for the leading role of a Chinese character in some – in The Good Earth. And instead, they cast Louise Rainier to play the leading role in Yellowface. Hold on. I think this is um, – I think they talk about this on once uh, that Netflix show in Hollywood that was out a couple of years ago. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Ryan Murphy directed it. Why can I not remember it? American Horror Story? No. No. Oh. Um, Oh my gosh. Anyway, it'll come to me in a second once we continue talking. But yeah, so like, that's like, what the fuck? Like, ugh, fine, whatever. But like, so that's what she was dealing with at that time. And like, the roles that she played were not lost. Like, she played Tiger Lily in Peter Pan, hmm. you know? So. Hollywood on Netflix. 
It's oh. literally called Hollywood. So they dealt. Uh-huh. They they this, talked about that. Oh, they was, did talk about that. Yes. This yeah, we was, need, we didn't get we to didn't finish, finish it. There. Yeah, but are y'all gonna finish it? It's no. so good. But anyway, and so history. Wong made history in her television show, The Gallery of Madame Lu Song, the first ever U.S. television show starring an Asian American series lead. And so yeah, she was in, out there breaking down barriers and making a name for herself and opened the door for a lot of Asian American yep. actors to make their way on into Hollywood. By the way, we should yeah. say that we're dedicating this portion of the segment to the Asian American community yes. Yes. because of all of the violence and hatred and bigotry that is not yes. only just happening currently, but yeah. has been happening since just – yeah. Fucking day one, of course. Since history. Um, so shout out to all the Asian American women. Yeah. Um, mine, I will go next. Um, Constance Wu. Um, she came to be uh, quite famed through Fresh Off the Boat, which is mm-hmm. honestly a really fucking She's funny really show. funny. Fucking it's hilarious. It's really funny. She plays the mom, Jessica. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, Fresh Off the Boat is good. Um, she actually um, has been nominated for two TCA awards and four Critic Choice Television Awards. But they said her big breakthrough was with Crazy Rich Asians, for which she was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical and the SAG Award for Outstanding Performance by a cast and motion picture. She actually became the fourth Asian woman to be nominated for the former category and the first Asian actress in 40 years to be nominated for the first category. And also she starred in uh, Hustlers in 2019 yes, with J-Lo, did. who we mm-hmm. talked about um, with her and, you know, A-Rod. Um, so I, I really give to Constance Wu and, you know, she got a I lot like of flack. I like her body of work. She, she yeah. actually, she, so she got a lot of flack. She's been acting for I was going to say, what, there was some controversy a, a couple well, she of years did. ago. What happened? Well, Listen, first of all, yes, her body work is amazing. The flack that she got is because when they renewed Fresh Off the Boat, she oh, literally right. went on oh, Twitter yeah. and she said, fuck, no, yes. shit. And everybody yeah. was like, wow, you're wanting to put out of work all of these crew people and blah, blah, blah. And like she explained years later and she was just like, listen – I was just getting a big opportunity to really break into film after Hustlers. And there were a lot of film roles I had to turn down because of this. So my reaction was very, you know, don't, knee cut. Don't tweet. And, 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 yeah. and it was very much. to yourself. And, and I, but, you know, Twitter was built on let's tweet your thoughts. A fleeting, I mean, clearly I got the fleets. And, you know, fa- Facebook also was I built on. I fleeted the other day. Y- you did fleet. I was so mad when you did it. <laughs> Uh, that was my first one. Facebook also was built off. Are you talking about douching? No, no we're no, not no, talking no, about no, that. No, 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 But I've been, I douched and it was. Okay, uh, bye um, Anyway, so yeah, I think that it's, it's very interesting and people can put their thoughts in. But Constance Wu, we love you. You're amazing. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Okay. Well, I guess I can go next. <laughs> oh, where are you going to go? Go for it. Oh, okay. So, who I want to talk about, her name is Patsy Matsu Takimoto Mink. Yes. Or just Patsy Mink. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. So, she was an American, uh, Japanese-American attorney and a politician um, from, the, from Hawaii. And she was the first, um, sorry, hold on, my notes. <laughs> She <laughs> my note cards fell. Right, my note cards fell. 
Um, so she faced a lot of like racism when she was trying to pass the bar, and they actually like denied her at first on getting um, taking the test. But she challenged them, and she won, and she passed the bar and opened up her own office in Chicago in 1953 after completing law school. And so then she, most notably, she ran for a seat in the House of Representatives and won, and she became the first Japanese-American and the first woman of color to serve in the House in 1956. That's amazing. Yeah, so she opened up a lot of doors. Um, in politics for Japanese American and Asian American pe- women and people in general to run. She was fighting for justice. She was with the Democratic Party. And Get it, girl. She was dope. Get it, girl. Patsy. Come on, Patsy. <laughs> Come on, Shout Patsy out to Patsy. Yeah. That's amazing. So um, my... Queen. My queen. Yes. Um, actually, I'm changing it from what I said in the green room earlier. Whoa. I just had a, a chance. That's a twist. I didn't see it coming. A change of heart. <laughs> Sorry, producers. Um, no, I want to highlight Michelle Lee, who is the current editor in chief of Allure magazine. Okay. I have actually worked with Michelle, and she is fabulous. I met her when the company I work for did a, a nonprofit pro bono project with Gold House. And Gold House is uh, the premier nonprofit collective of Asian founders, creative voices, and leaders dedicated to unifying the world's largest populace, Asians and Pacific Islanders, to enable more authentic multicultural representation and societal equity. So Michelle is part of that organization. And um, she has really changed publishing when it comes to women, when it comes to aging. She actually, when she became editor-in-chief of Valor, said, we are not using the term anti-aging anymore Mm -hmm. because that um, gives the impression that aging is wrong and it's actually just a way of life. So um, because of all of the work that she has done with Allure and Condé Nast. She was also the editor-in-chief of Nylon Magazine. Um, Adweek actually awarded Michelle Lee as editor of the year in 2017. And she um, is actually up for a lot, a lot of awards. So thank you so much for Michelle Lee for doing everything that you are doing in media and publishing and continue to represent those Asian women out there. Yeah. I love this segment. Yeah, I love that we're doing this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same. (sighs) Women. I love. I love love women. women. (laughs) We didn't even do our jingle. What jingle? Women's month. Oh Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, that's guys, still getting. That's still. Get, that's still going. The producers trying to get approved. Yeah, we're trying to get approved. Yeah, Listen, well, yeah. this has been an amazing episode. I'm so happy to have the entire family back together again. Yeah, I feel like we've been broken up for a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. come back to us next week. We're excited to bring you all new hot topics and another special guest. And again, I am Darrell Anthony. You can find me on Instagram. Twitter at Darrell Anthony and Facebook at Darrell Anthony. I think that's right. I think this is actually <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay, I cool. also, you know what? That's you know good. what? Fuck this Why don't you I just also, say no, hold on. I also just... have another podcast that you can check out on Mondays at Believe in Soap Operas with me and my co-host Lucretia Lyons. You can also check me out on the Forever and a Day After Show as a co-host with my co-host Matthew Preston. Because bitch, I am what working. Adam, what you doing? Do you get paid? For <laughs> that? Absolutely, bitch. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Brayden, check the check my account, bitch. Okay, well, it's I more, have it right here. It's more than yours, ho. Negative. No, Whoa. Bitch, that shit negative. Wow. That shit negative over here. Wow. The only thing that's negative over here is my status. Adam, what Hello. you got? Get it to Thank him. God for that. I know Hello. that's right. Amen. So, so you can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, at Poppy with a zero on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> My I know Twitter that's my friend. It's not safe for work. <laughs> Talk about it, friends. So don't be browsing on Don't be my, doing it. And don't check Twitter. your likes, friend. Yeah, don't check my likes. Don't check his likes. Cause Cause it's, it's dirty. It's dirty, hairy, and mussy. <laughs> Stop. Uh, I approve We of just it. had a huge Christian episode, and now we're going to talk about NSFW. Yeah, yeah Brayden. And oh, the moment man. you came back, it was NSFW. Now go ahead and talk. I guess Jesus likes it too. <laughs> my name is Brayden Bradley, and you can find me. At Mr. Braden Bradley on all the social medias. I also just launched a new website, MrBradenBradley.com. Oh, you launched it? You didn't get final approval. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Did I have to do that? Yeah, yeah, According yeah. According yeah, yeah. to the contract? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? I need to look at that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, it's out there, girl. So. All right. I'm I guess you can call the attorney general. Side. Yeah, 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 yeah. I call Merrick Garland. <laughs> 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 All right, go ahead, Ashley. How can we find you on the corner or where? Oh, uh, nah. Which corner? Hello. 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 <laughs> I hate when Brayden does that. Hello. Like, are you still here? <laughs> I've had too much wine. Yeah. But I'm Ashley Mitchell. You can find me at Ashley Aaron M on all social medias. You can wow, wow. also Venmo me, Ash Aaron M. Venmo. Yes, Venmo, bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> send me money, send me gifts. I will take. Send her nudes. Uh, if it's big. Wait. <laughs> anyway, listen. So stop it. Slide into our DMs at Pride the Series on Instagram and Twitter, and or email us. She didn't at say no. Pride the Series at gmail.com Shut your mouth. <laughs> we'll okay. see y'all later. We gotta go. So we gotta go. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. On the way, on the way out. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 